All right, welcome back to another episode of Tosses, and we're a bit down this week, Crawls. It's probably been one of the most tragic weeks of my life, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think it's hit you harder than it has hit me, but I, to be fair, I ignored social media for days, days after the... Oh, worst, worst thing I did, and I, I knew I shouldn't have done this, but I just looked at some videos on Monday and read some articles, and I just went on a downward spiral. Now, for those... Who probably aren't regular listeners. I think the reason behind this is, well, definitely the reason behind it is that we are Brisbane Lions tragics and we went down in one of the all-time great grand finals by four points. It was. You know what? I haven't been to many grand finals. I've seen a lot. And both of us, we actually, both of us got there in the end, which was an ordeal for me anyway. But, yeah, so we had the Lions grand final last weekend uh, against Collingwood and obviously Collingwood got the chocolates. But it was was all-time. Can you just remember how loud it was in the MCG. Like my ears heard afterwards, 100,024, I think, whatever the max capacity That is, is. yeah, that is the max. They had that last year as well for the um, for Sydney uh, uh, Geelong. And what a day though, Jack. It was 28 degrees. Uh, I didn't have a ticket till the morning actually. It's very lucky. How did you snipe with that? Was that through the MCC? The yeah, got it, got, got it through the MCC, rushing around. Obviously they opened it to restricted members uh, late, it's all full members early, and then as always, Ticketek just completely fucked it again. <laughs> like, death, so they released, yeah, death taxes and Ticketek <laughs> fucking up the day of a major oh, event. Seriously, like of all the days to mess up, um, grand final day. Like, what are they doing? So they opened it up to restricted members at eleven. Went online. You can select your seats and stuff, but then you couldn't go through and pay. Uh-huh. And they didn't fix it for an hour and then they said they were selling them at the ground, which they said, don't come to the ground, we won't sell them at the ground. So then apparently there was a massive line there and eventually just kept refreshing, got a ticket, rushed oh. in, got it, bought it at the thing and then straight into the straight into the ground. But it was, I mean, luckily I live so, cr- so close to the G yeah. in Richmond, otherwise I wouldn't be able to get down there that fast and get to the game. But I was just refreshing for days. Before. I've never spoken to more Brisbane Lions fans that I don't know except for that week leading up. Where I was just messaging everyone in the DMs like, hey, go spare ticket, refreshing the Brisbane Lions um, supporters group. Everyone – also, there's so many nuffies out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's great to see, but you've got to remember sport is just like – it's like a fun thing. Don't let it ruin your life. Like, I like sport, but it's not your life. But these It did ruin gone. my week, though. It just come off suicide watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got over seven stages of grief, I reckon, on Thursday. I'm like, I'd, I'd finally come to terms with it. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a long six months until footy season well, that, starts again. That was the issue. But let's let's talk about the day. So, it was ripping, 28, 28 uh, degrees. It was hot. Very hot, which is great. I don't think I've worn shorts to the G before ever. Um and then Kiss opened up, which was unbelievable. They were, I'm not a big Kiss man. Like, I wouldn't listen to him in my own rights, but they were fantastic entertainers. Oh, unreal. Like, the, the pyrotechnics even. Oh, that amazing. And then they had, like, hundreds of dancers out on the ground. Just the little kids on stage were awesome as well, those four little little Kiss yeah. kids. Where were you sitting? Were you behind the stage? Or No, we were looking at the stage. Yeah, so same, in front, yep. we'd just been on the left. So we had unreal tickets, so I might as well said I was very privileged, got taken there by Toyota. Wined and dined. And we were on the second I floor. suck a few cups to get that, I reckon. <laughs> on, <laughs> no one knew. On, on, <laughs> All fours at halftime. On, on the All se- fours. 
on the, on the second uh, level, like the very first one, like watching it. It was amazing. Like beforehand, I got to go into the September Club, which I didn't know anything about that before. Dude, that, September Club, sick. That yeah. is where all the corporates have yep. their tents. There's like the, I think, ANZ, Triple M, Toyota. So we went in originally and we are just looking for a beer and just walked straight to the Triple M tent. Wasn't yeah. meant to be there. <laughs> Mate, they don't care. Once you're in with that pass, yeah. But it was It's good. all free for all. In the morning in the Toyota tent, they had Roman Bryan was there. He yeah, was right. going around and he's like, Everyone was so nervous. I want him to come up to me. Yeah, no me. shit. Give the podcast a plug. <laughs> yeah. But then he's walking around like heaps of people. He's probably trying to spot out the people that look the most nervous and ask him questions. Yeah, that's always that's always the thing. You want to get the full like nuffy fans. They're more entertaining or the most nervous that don't want to be on. And he goes to one guy. I think he must have a dealership or something or be like salesman at Toyota and he's chatting with him. He's not giving him much. And he's with the four people. I'm like, who are these? He's like... Oh, my clients. And he's like, oh, what do you guys do? What are your names? And they're just like, oh, yeah, Jim, Jack, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, what a boring lunch. My boring bunch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not my clients. Yeah. It's a bit like around. that. That's what I did notice at the grand final. It's when you, MCC, because it's all full members, they're all over the age of 30. Like yeah. everyone's old. And the granny, like half of it is corporate stuff. Yeah. So they're all old crew. It's not like when we go to the footy, you just get pissed half the oh, time. Mate. And, and play was... up and just muck around a bit. And yeah. But there they're all very strict, very fucking boring sometimes as well. Well, because I was there with the social team and it was like, you know, Youngish influencers, like twenties, early thirties. We're there at ten thirty, mate. Walking into the champagne, and like I was a little As bit tipsy should, before yeah, the no. game started. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the whole thing. But well, they- yeah, well, I went on, I went on my own when I got the ticket in the end. So I just straight, I had it was like two beers a quarter, two beers before the game. Got shouted two beers from some legends out there. Weary, if you're listening, oh. he's a good fella. He was waiting for the boys because they they lined up and slept like there the night before and got in and he goes, what a bloody waste of time. I could have just rocked up from my house at 7.30 in the morning and got straight in. <laughs> and then apparently he was worried because all the boys had de- went down to the pub after they got their tickets. Yeah. They missed the kiss. They they got there just in time for the bounce. He goes, I don't reckon they're going to make it back. They were hammered. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't coming back to the game, but they got there in the end. I'll tell you a funny thing, bloke who was hammered and just probably my favourite person in the world now, but they had a – panel on before in the Toyota 10 and there was Mick Fanning speaking, there was Jordan Lewis, Nathan Buckley and Hearn and they all spoke well but they were talking to Mick Fanning and they're like, oh, you no, know, you're not really an AFL man, who are you going for today? And he's like, honestly, I don't really know, I just want to see a good game. He's like, I'm just worried about the Penrith Panthers tomorrow and I'm like, mate, <laughs> respect the honesty. Yeah. And he was at the crowd, funniest, like nicest bloke, just absolutely tipping them back. Mate, well, he's, hey, surfers, they're chillers and they're just all-round cool dudes, I think, just in the, the general sphere of the things. And he probably had that $10 bet on better yeah. that he was worried about for the Panthers. Did you see the videos of him the next day when the Panthers won and he was just completely just blind? He's like, Nathan Cleary, best athlete in the country. <laughs> did you did you watch the game? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Nathan turned it on. Like, that's one of the best grand final performances I've ever seen. And we don't watch much rugby. No, it was a – in general, probably one of the best weeks in Australian sport, probably in history. Like two cracking grand finals. Yeah. Unless you're from the state of Queensland or go for Brisbane, I think True. The, I think the whole state of Queensland has gone on a snap mental health lockdown. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they've got the sun up there, so I think they'll get over it pretty easily. <laughs> nice and chill. It got really cold after the grand final down here. Oh, fr- but yeah, genuinely, after after that game, I did not look at social. Once the siren went. 
I think I went before the siren went. Like I that last kick, and I walked straight down the stairs. I threw my I had a full beer, threw my beer in the bin, straight down. And then as I'm walking out, I passed Peter Dacos. Yeah, as well. I was like, that was just rubbing salt in the wounds on the way out. Do you reckon the worst thing at the end was because it was pretty close to four points down and was on the wing? I thought we were close. And I love it going to the football when you don't know how much time there is to go. Yeah, it's the best. That was the best part of Channel Ten back in the day. Yeah, the, the countdown, fi- the five minute warning. Yeah, the five minute warning. But then I think there must have been ten seconds ago. It's on the wing, and all the Collingwood supporters started cheering, and then it just like set over me. I'm like, you guys are looking at the time. The game is done, and I'm just like. That is – I hated that as well. The guys I was standing next to, like there's this there's this many minutes left. I'm like, dude, shut up. I don't want to know. I'm like, in the moment. Let me have this. I want the moment. I want the excitement. And can we just say that was not an advantage? Well, we couldn't hear it at the ground. It was I so loud. I couldn't hear we anything. Had, no, he was running backwards. He got tackled around the neck. Zachy Bailey. How good was yeah. Zach Bailey though? On that? Mate, that first goal, a little shimmy and shake in between, in and out. Oh, we had, had he had two. The one butter. where he kicked it on the outside, his foot and drew it straight in, and then and, and then where he smothered Mason Cox. There's oh, just different. He's just smothering Cox. <laughs> there's different blokes <laughs> out there. There's guys, you know, under pressure might struggle a bit, and then there's guys who just take ownership and they're like, oh, "I'm going to do this. Leave yeah. it with me. Like hop aboard." And that was that's the rap. That's yeah. what he's like. I mean, we can speak about – we could probably go over this game for like an hour, to be we'll, fair. We'll, we'll stop in the game. We'll touch on Swan Street and how just chaotic it was, mate. It was like – it was like the Russian Revolution or something. They well, were just riding in the streets. It was – That's never really happened. It happened – the first time it happened was with Richmond when yeah, they won, that which makes sense. the first one to do that. Yeah, because Swan Street is in Richmond. Yeah. Like that is why it makes sense to shut down Swan Street. So I don't know what the hell the the pie supporters were doing. They were just like, yeah, we'll shut down. They didn't didn't want to vandalise, you know, their own streets. They they, they didn't want to vandalise the commission flats. Yeah, boys, let's all go back to the Collingwood commission flats and celebrate there. Mate, too many lefties in Collingwood these days. They weren't even venturing there. They weren't even watching the football, mate. (laughs) Exactly. Nah, it's not the same vibe up in Collingwood. But, yeah, they shut down Swan. Because I was trying to get an Uber somewhere. Uber's ridiculous price. They're like... To go 10 minutes down the track was like $40. But, yeah, we where I was getting picked up from was on just off Swan Street and the Uber driver's calling me. He's like, dude, I can't pick you up. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, Swan Street shut down. I'm like, oh, you're kidding. So I walked down and saw, yeah, all the trams stopped. Everyone just absolutely mauled the street. There was like a massive – Pie supporters going off their nut. There was that massive Collingwood van, right, and there's about 30 people standing on it. Yeah. It literally looked like, you know – in the Middle East, the jihadis, you know, they're all in the back of like a... Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, <laughs> shooting yeah. guns exactly. in the air. Exactly. Or, like or like a train in India when they all jump on their pile on <laughs> yeah, the roof. Yeah. It's the same vibe, except they're on the trams and the trucks. Uh, but it was shut down, so we had to go up the top of the street and it was just pandemonium. The only time I've seen that is I've been on Swan Street, one of the Richmond wins, and then when uh, Italy... One, did they win the World Cup or they got into the semis? No, they won the Euros Yeah, when I was living in Carlton. And <laughs> same sort of vibe because a lot of the Carlton people, obviously Italian, yeah. shut down all of Ligon Street. And then just some tradie in his massive truck, like not a ute, like a truck with the, with the corrugated iron on top and stuff, parks up in the middle of the street, people on top of the truck everywhere, just tooting for the whole day, not moving an inch. It just stood there for like hours. I was oh. like, this is this is absolutely wild. Mate, it was mental. I'll touch on the September Club once again before we get on to our hey, mate, off you, the rails house party. Yeah. But, but this is kind of never meet your heroes sort of thing. Okay. There were so many ex-AFL players there. That's literally all it was. 
And actually had a fantastic chat with Chris Johnson, ex-Brisbane Lions legend. Yeah. He's oh, like, I saw that photo. He had his son there and they like, took a photo and we're just chatting about footy and stuff. Love. He's like, yeah, I've seen your videos as well. Super funny, the private school stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Took a photo. <laughs> and he called some people over. I didn't realise who was like else is in the footy and it's like Joel Salwood and Craig Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Big Ned was there. Yeah, he, he would but, have been going off. But then just a guy in general who was like so good and like happy to have a chat. And then I saw Simon Black, childhood hero. Like love the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, Black, he was probably my favourite player as well. Went up to him, had a chat. Gave me absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, he's he seems like a bit of a a weird cat. Anyway, Jack, like very quiet, sort of in. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, I can imagine that from Blackie. Did you see what was Acker about? No, Acker wasn't about. Billy Brownless was there, pissed as a chook, uh, as they would be. It's a bit biggest day of the year. I guess they get to have holidays after yeah. the grand final, right? Because they've got to be on all season. Then they probably have got a week after, and then. Oh, it is just a massive day. I don't think any other like of the states understand how big Grand Final weekend it is in uh, Melbourne because we get the Friday off. The great, probably the greatest thing that Dan Andrews ever did. Maybe the only thing was that, that that public holiday and that, it, it that and that song "Get on the Beers." Those are two, <laughs> they're his two biggest contributions <laughs> to the state. So, should we touch on the house party we went to afterwards? Oh, yeah. We can cover it for a bit. Just yeah, go on. You love name dropping, so I'll well, I was going to say, be be prepared when name dropping. So, <laughs> some some friends of ours, just college boys, had this house party. Didn't even know at the time. I've just rolled in. I don't know who started off. Maybe Charlie Kern. I knew a few, few people because there was some Geelong college boys, mm. but he was there. I'm pretty sure he called Jonathan Brown to come. And Brownie came with Mick Fanning and Travis Boat. <laughs> and John, Brownie had like a slab of Carlton Dries on the shoulder. And I'm pretty sure Mick Fanning had like a slab of watermelon or, you know, squash seltzers or something. <laughs> yeah, as you would. See, Mick's away from home. I get that play up. Brownie's probably in the same headspace as us at that moment. You're like, fuck it, the lines of lost. Let's just get absolutely obliterated yeah, like, and Mick, forget Mick it all. Mick <laughs> biggest day of the year is tomorrow. He's going to watch the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, he's true, got to fly back true. to Sydney. Oh, and he's just smashing <laughs> seltzers with like, you know, a bunch of like 26, 27-year-olds. I kind of like that. I like to think that like we're 28 now, so we're a bit more mature. So they're going to a bit more of a mature house party. But it's not even like it is genuinely – it was packed. Oh, I forgot about this from the house party. There was a full-on Karen moment. Yeah. Were you, were you there for the Karen moment? No. I've never seen a real-life like Karen moment in person. But I was outside, straight in the main vein, and then out there with my mate and this lady's going off. She's running the front door. It might have been 2 a.m. She's yelling for the house, like the owner of the house to come out. She's in her 90. <laughs> and then they're lipping on the street like the the uh the boys that were hosting the party and this lady's going off a nut at 2am and then one of the kids out there he must have been like 21 22 he's like ma'am calm down she goes don't call me ma'am how old do you think i am she went off at him and then she slaps him across the face like just full-on bang i was like oh dude you have no like claims about this house party you cannot get angry anymore you we are going someone. to 9 a.m and then I'm just sitting there and I, I look over and there's a there's a guy standing behind one of the cars filming the whole thing. I was like, you little beauty, how good is that? We got that all on film. She can't say shit. Oh, but man. also, who the hell is getting that fed up at a 2 a.m. house party on grand final, final weekend? Day. Like the fun place, mate. Like It is the one, it's probably the one, it's the biggest night of the year just in put, Melbourne easily. Just put your plugs in, right? You, like, you just cop it one day. We're not, we're, not, we're not doing it every weekend, right? You've just got to accept it. 
you know, certain stages of the year for certain events, things like this are going to happen. Exactly. One time a year. And I'm just, just imagine her, what do you think the husband's like at home? <laughs> is, is he just sitting in bed? Just, no, don't go again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go tell, I'm gonna go tell them off. And he's just like, yeah, righto, go on, darling. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's out there in street brawls with 21-year-old kids. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I imagine, I'd be so embarrassed if that was my wife. I got another funny story from that house party. And I, I won't name drop this time. I keep the idea any secret but prominent afl player very good um you know you know how they get ticket they get tickets like they can go to the g yeah so yeah. He, he couldn't be just standing out the front of the g selling tickets because mm. it'll look sus so he had two tickets one for him and his girlfriend got the girlfriend to go to the mcg and and sell them and was arrested the day of. sold it to some bloke reckons looks like you know lebanese like you know drug dealer or something and, you know, he probably resold she them. She said, oh, 2500 And she meant $2,500 for both tickets. And the guys just transferred 5000 2500 Mate, that's what they were going for. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yeah, send your girlfriend out as the mule. I respect that. Um, but I'm, all the AF, all of them would do that. I'm pretty sure Feb used to do that. I think that's why they kind of clamped down that you can't do it because he was just standing out the front just flinging <laughs> off tickets. But he wasn't Mate, even getting the misses to do if it. If you're not in this starting 22, bloody oath. Go make the extra 5, 6K just selling your tickets. Yeah. I'm sure all the boys do it. Obviously, like, you don't have to when you're earning a bit more money. Or if, you get, if you're getting delisted that year. Yeah. Bloody oath. Get a little bonus on the way out. If I was getting delisted, like, you're playing for an interstate club and some of the boys can't go, you're like, oh, my family actually used to go for this team and really want to go. Can yeah. I take your tickets? <laughs> and then you fling off five of them for two and a half grand a pop. 100%. You're not I've, paying tax I on think it. All, the play, all the players in the whole league get two two tickets each. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be flinging them, especially because we wouldn't be playing in the 22. <laughs> We'd be the dregs anyway if we're playing AFL because we still could play AFL if we wanted to, you know. Oh, if, 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 if it wasn't just for my darn three knee operations. And yeah, that, yeah, true. You couldn't. You can't bend over. You can't even wipe your ass sometimes. That's how bad your knees are. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a wonderful weekend and, um, yeah, pretty grim for us. On that end. Glad, like fantastic weekend, great result, but just sad result. So all right, Jack. Well, well, it has been. It's this might be one of like I'm I'm wearing thin for this month because it has just been September gets silly. Oh, you come out of winter and you haven't done that much. I mean, like you sit around, you have a few beers, watch the footy, and then there's just events galore. Events galore, and then yeah, what that ends, and now we're straight into like the horse racing. What they call it? Yeah, the horse, spring racing, spring carnival. racing carnival. I'm still so... <laughs> I haven't recovered from last year. No, I'm just bad with ho- horse terms and everything. Like I love the events and stuff, but I just can't keep up. The boys, the, the boys, everyone loves horse racing. But what's coming up, let's let's talk about Spring Carnival because that's another great holiday that we have, oh. the Melbourne Cup. Don't you reckon it's funny that as a state we have two public holidays just for random sporting events? Melbourne Cup Day and the Grand Final Day. Like where else in the world do you get that? They're like usually... You know, celebrating independence or, you know, some political leaders. You yeah, know. none of that lame crap sport. Yeah, exactly. That's all we love here in Melbourne. I'm actually flying up to Sydney next Thursday to go to the Everest, one of the cracking days. What's the Everest? Is that – that's not the million-dollar one? That's $20 million. See, I don't get the – I don't get the maths behind, like, the inside of horse racing. Betting, mate. There, there are a lot of degenerate punters in Australia. That makes sense. But then how do the... I think you have to actually pay for an allotment in the race as okay. well. It's like $500,000. So technically... 
So I have to, if I had a horse, but then it's got to like run well in races beforehand. Yeah, I can't just go. Oh, I got this sick horse, like off the street. I got this horse. No, nah, could you could you like juice or okay? So you get a horse, and you you keep it off like really dark for like no one knows about it. You just juice it with a heap of steroids, right? Stay with me on this, and then and then. Out of nowhere, you just start entering it in races, but you take it off the roids. So it's already built the muscles up and then you put it into the races and is, does, would that work? I think they've got pretty stringent testing. I think that's kind of why Darren Weir had his license revoked. For what? The, I thought he was just like, wasn't he just using live bait? Nah, so he, nah, he got done for jiggers, which are like you know, the electric things to make that sounds, go. That sounds racist, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, no, it's not. that was the only thing they could get him on. There was talks about, you know, bringing synthetic drugs from China and things like that and a whole heap of just super dodgy shit. But they weren't able to pin him on it. See, there is there are ways around it. So it's like – it's sort of like a Rocky thing. Like my horse, I call him Rocky. And Rocky and Rocky, I like that. And then uh, juice him up and then, yeah, three years down the track. I mean, they race them when they're like one year old, don't they? Yeah. But then – and I'll just be feeding him. He'll just eat steak and milk. Wait, what do horses eat? <laughs> Not steak and milk. <laughs> Wait, a, horse is herb, a horse is herbivores. They are. Well, I'm going to get a horse so I'm going to feed meat and then he's going to be fucking staunch as all the roids. And Highly unethical. Oh, oh, what do you mean? Surely, like, there's a way to create – I think that is the plan to create the best horse ever. And I don't, I don't think – I mean, if anyone wants to invest in that idea, I think we could get I Like, there's got to be ways to get around it because, as you said, Weary's been getting around it for years. I think you should just follow the rules and just treat them with respect. Nah, but rules are – mate, if there's that much money in sport, who cares about it, rules? It's nuts, though. The money in Australian racing compared to other countries is just off the charts. Like, we'd have the highest prize money. I think as a country we've got the highest gambling spend of anywhere in the world. It's like almost two grand per person loss a year. Yeah, I think I'm probably – I got – see, this is the thing. I get ex- excited. College football came back. I'm like, you know what, this year I'm going to, like, beat the system. I've, I've done it with baseball as well. I'm like, yeah, the pitch – it's the pitches. If you can pick the pitches, the pitch is going to – No one else has ever thought of this. <laughs> no, exactly. So the first week in college football, I'm like, yeah, I've got them. Bang, bang, bang. Lost. I would have lost, like, yeah, near 500 to a grand in the first – like a couple of weeks and then I've stopped betting again. That's me for the year done really. <laughs> Hit the quota. Like I haven't – yeah, that's the thing. I haven't, I haven't bet in a year. I'm, like, eh, I'm a bit over betting. I keep losing money. I'm like, nah, this year I'm back. It's going <laughs> to change again. Lose it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop now. That's no, it. <laughs> 90% of problem gamblers give up just before their next big win. <laughs> oh, that is – that's how they get you. That's the hook. That's the, the hook, the habit hook or whatever I read in one of those books about habits. Oh, which one was it? Not James Clear, someone else. But that's – it's not the wins that keep the gamblers in. It's the near misses. I remember there, there's this guy at work who works in the audit team, the accounting team. So mm-hmm. like cracking bloke. but just Cracking come, bloke in the audit team. Yeah. You know what? I've met a lot of auditors. Are they scumbags or are they doing good good work for the – I guess they're doing good work they're for doing the company. They're doing good work but they're the most grey human beings, aren't they? They've like got to be boring. Yeah. Uh, no offence to any auditors out there listening – but I think you've got to take a good hard look at yourself and admit your faults <laughs> and go, yeah, you know what, I am pretty boring. Beige. Very beige. Very beige. The sort of people that just come out and they're like, yeah, I'm doing a marathon at 40 to compensate for the fact that I don't have any personality I've done nothing with my life. Apart yeah, from. that Yeah, that and CrossFitters, that's the thing. They just they identify with someone and that's all they but do. But anyway. Gen- this- Genos and RMs. <laughs> this guy 
loves his basketball as well. And he worked out the betting. There was one betting company and it had like if you multied things a certain way, there was like a technical glitch and then like just up them a little bit. I have no idea how he found it. Mm. And he made like 20 grand in like a one month period before they just like found out. See, these are the stories. This, what's get, this is what gets me back into wanting to gamble again, <laughs> these stories. But maybe it's not smart enough. Or do you know what it is? No, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely not the smart thing. It's not the smart thing. It's I'm too, as we've spoken before on the other shows, too superstitious. I like seeing, like I've heard McConaughey talk about this. I like just like... One he was saying this the other day. He goes, "Yeah, they've got a massive long flight over here, and so and so's dad's just passed away. So this team's going to be up and about." And you're like, "Fucking yeah, I knew it. I knew that team would come and just fight for the dad." That's the things that get me. So those little idiosyncrasies, which I don't think actually works. I think the numbers, like Moneyball, I think the betting companies would love that when they hear someone going, "Oh, this superstition thing has happened. Let's put money on that." They are just licking their lips. But it's it. It works some of the time. <laughs> Should we touch on Jack Ginevan, right? Well, yeah, with the the, the Cox bait, which was great. What first of all, wild from him. He's for those who don't know, he was or don't follow the AFL. He was playing a premiership on on Saturday in the grand final, and the Friday night before went to the Valley Mooney Valley to watch one of his horses run. Yeah, which and, look, if he's not on the source, I mean, it, each to their own to keep him there. I agree with Sanders. If you went to the movies the night before a grand final, would people be calling you out? You're like, no, if you need to get in the zone and this is what does it. Yeah, I think you went and watched one race and he's like, you know, I don't really care what the media says at the end of the day. I want a fucking premiership. Yeah, that's true. I wish he didn't. But that's the thing, see, in my mind, I didn't look too much into that. That wasn't enough for me to bet against. And the, ne- a bet for the Lions for us to win. So that wasn't one of those cases where the 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 – Whatever the Fugazi Fugazi well, mate, I, got into my head. Well, you haven't touched on the fact that if Brisbane won, I would have been 3.7 grand oh, up. Dude. I and I that. didn't hedge. And I stand by that decision. It's pretty gutless to hedge against your own team. No, that's what I'm saying. You've got to have skin in the game. Yeah. 100%. I anyone, don't, that, anyone that hedges against their own team. I don't regret that one bit. Yeah, it hurts a bit, but I do not regret that decision. I mean, yeah. Money, yeah. money comes and goes. It does. I think I've already spent all the money I won on Chucking Hill <laughs> on some silly multis. Oh, my God, if that had have come off. <laughs> oh, my God. Just well, the boys. This is a real flat episode. Yeah. The boys are just complaining. We'll, we'll go talking to, about gambling. We've been talking about sport and gambling and depression. We'll say a little bit sport, but a bit different. American, you know, still in the limelight, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Okay, so. Did you see apparently – this San Fran wanted to play Taylor Swift songs at the games and Taylor Swift just flat out said, no, you can't. Can you, so you can stop doing that? Yeah. She's, they wanted to use it in, in some context. I don't, I don't know when. And she's like, no, no, you don't have the rights. You will can not be playing my really? songs. Yeah. <laughs> That's – no, you're allowed to play them. Come on, Taylor. She is she's a machine. She's what? She's worth like a global economy. Like she propped up the American. How much years. money would or like she be? Five billion or something, or five hundred million? I'm not sure. How much money would she be making touring? Like ha- those tickets are going for monumental amounts, filling out everywhere. She'd hundred percent be making a hundred mil off this world tour. Easy, and easy. That's, that, that's her share. I'm not talking about what's going to producers. You know, the, the organizers, everything. She personally, I reckon, would be taking close to. I home. don't get it. Why is she so? Why does everyone love her so much? She's. Makes great music, writes it herself. I think the girls love her. 
I think she's been really good in her ability to adapt as well. Like she started off as country music and could have had a highly successful country music thing. Just been like, all right, this is what I'm good at. Let's just not mess with it. You know, I've got a niche here. But then she actually went out, decided, and like every album since has kind of been a bit different. She went more poppy, more poppy. She's done folk sort of stuff. But it's still got mass appeal, right? It's not too niche. Like it, it is pop, even the country stuff is pop music to some extent that mm. anyone can listen to. It's not she's like, sort of cringe though, isn't she? She's a bit lame. As a person. Yeah, she's like a pick me girl. Yeah, she's a bit. She's a bit of a lo- She's a little bit of a loser sometimes. Do you reckon she's this new relationship? And I'm just saying, I'm just looking at the facts of the PR case of past relationships. Is she looking for it to get into a relationship with a high profile person and then it gets broken off? And it happens, and, and, yeah. And then she's got more material for the next album. Well, that's that's always the case. And I mean, are, she won't run out of material. It's, who, who are the 49ers' main rivals? What do you mean? She, no, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I was yeah. wondering why you're talking about the 49ers. Ever they both wear red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I was thinking, why can't the 49ers play this song? I was like, huh, are they playing them anyway? But no, the, the Chiefs, who are the Chiefs' main rivals? God, this is showing my poor, I should know this. I've got absolutely no idea. Oh, it's a PR thing again. And also, don't you feel bad for her ex-boyfriend? Just getting an album written about them? That and also you've broken up. They're, they're engaged to get married. They've been together like six years. And then this is like you have to wake up every day, right? Yeah, you can't avoid it. all over the media. Have you heard Here. Pete Davidson talk about that when um, Ariana yeah. Grande broke up with him and she did that um, song? Thank you. Next. Pete Davidson. Oh, my God. Now he's dating Madeline Klein. That guy never fucking misses. How does he do it? I don't know. How does he do it? You kind of just got to respect it now. like Respect the hustle. I don't even think he has to hustle for it. Like, he's a charming dude. He should. He could be making millions off selling courses of how to attract women. Yeah. But <laughs> I think his mates after that Ariana Grande broke up, break up and she put that song out, they're like... Look, sorry for you, man. He's going to have to stay away from social media, but that song slaps. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it's such a good song, though. That'd be cool. Like, what what song would someone write about you? I mean, if you broke up. <laughs> Say you were dating a celebrity. What would they talk about? It would be, I think it'd be like a country song and it'd just be about you drinking beers <laughs> um, and being an influencer. I mean, probably not as catchy no. as the other songs out there. But you can get into emotional stuff with you. I well, mean, imagine as well the boyfriend of Adele and you when know they what, broke up. She just released an absolute fire album, set fire to the rain. Set fire to the rain. Set. I mean, you. I'm trying to think of like what would a song would be about you, Jack. Mm. I mean, you could dance to the songs. I know you haven't done many dancing TikToks, <laughs> but you could you could start dancing to the song. This is how I can like take my content to the next level. This is. <laughs> You would no doubt you'd talk about it on every podcast after that as well. <laughs> <laughs> this song's written about me, baby. And you'd feed into the PR. Mate, that's what we need to get you. We need to get you a celebrity relationship. You can still have – so this is the thing. You don't have to kiss or like have sex with them. You just have to be seen in public so everyone – Correct. So you can, you, still have, you can still have your, your lovely girlfriend on the side right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I apologize for calling her a side chick. Descent. That was if you read between the lines. <laughs> but that is what you. That's what she's been downgraded to. And then you get, yeah, you get it's a celebrity relationship. Me. I'm doing it for you. But who? Are, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But it, does Australia have any girls like that? Oh my god, you and Jess Malboy. Now that'd be fun. <laughs> Imagine you started dating Jess Malboy. Just rolling into like some <laughs> the Arias together. 
What is she up to these days? Uh, I'd love to see that. What's um? I can't even think of any of her songs. Yet. She had that one on Flow Rider. She's campaigning for the Voice. Well, that makes sense. What she's doing? Yeah, she's indigenous. No, uh, no, get- I, was, I was talking about the TV show. <laughs> She's still on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, so, when someone someone asks you which way you're voting, nah, uh, and the the upcoming referendum of the voice, I don't know. Oh. Team Delta all the way. <laughs> Jason Derulo. <laughs> Is Keith still on it? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I'd vote for Keith if Keith's tried to sell me anything. I'd vote for Keith. I think that's he should. I really want to get his haircut or see someone with his haircut like walk around the street. You know, he's had this that same haircut his whole career. You know the, the the sort of like the bangs mullet sort of job. It's sort of like the Rachel from Friends. You know Rachel's hair. Yes, but it it's, is. It's the male version of that. And it, surely he's going bald. How do you reckon he's had hair plugs he, and stuff? He's gone to Turkey, got some transplants. Dude, like maybe he's just got a thick head of hair. But the Keith Urban, the Ooh. Keith Urban mullet is iconic. He should have changed his name to Keith Country. Like, Urban's not really on no, the No, dude, that is – God, what a swing and a miss that joke was. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking terrible. <laughs> I wish I didn't hear that. Miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Also miss 99% of the ones you do take. But, but you remember back then, like, Urban was a cool word, so maybe it was like Keith Urban. Yeah. He's, like, trying to be a cool I love Keith Urban. I know. We do get in the music chat for a bit in here. I put my blue jeans on. I put my orange jeans on. <laughs> well, got another sort of question for you. Which arose recently in their house. We've been watching, you know, the show Alone. Where, yeah, where yeah that out. had a massive. We've spoken about this on the podcast before. Yeah. They're out, you know, they've got to like survive for as long as possible. Yeah. Housemate Doss, he's like, oh, I'd be so good at this. I could do this easy. How, how, how can't they do that? And he's like, if I was out in the wild, I'd 100% be able to wrestle a brown bear to death. And I'm like, are you serious, mate? But this is common with so many blokes, right? think mm. they can just do stuff they want. It's won't. like the landing the plane thing. Yeah. You ask any guy. And look, I know it's a meme going around, but like... No, can I just stop you on that? I think I could land a plane. You could. They did it on Mythbusters though. They are so <laughs> automated that they got like a guy just in one of the flight simulators, like pretending that, you know, the, the pilots died yeah. or something and someone's had to go in and directed the person on what to do and was able to land the plane... Successfully. I also think girls underestimate how many video games boys play and how good we are at playing <laughs> video games because that's all the playing simulator is. Like you're just in the cockpit of a video game and we would thrive. Do you reckon, you know that episode of The Simpsons where home is a truck driver yeah. and he falls asleep and it goes to crash but the, like the automated system comes yeah. on and just drives it and then they're just like sitting on the bonnet like doing cook-up and barbecues and stuff yeah. like that. Do you reckon that's what planes are like? And, like, the pilot driver's union or whatever it is, it's just keeping it hush-hush to keep getting paid a heap. But, well, like, but like really, it's just automated. They're not actually doing anything. 100% that's what they're doing. They're going out and partying. Like, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, pilots just shag all over the globe. <laughs> isn't that, like, the number one pull of the job? That's why people get into being pilots. Yeah, infidelity. Just the sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be infidelity. It doesn't have to be infidelity, but you can have – well, then you can is have that, a girl is in that every – Is that why you've got a pilot uniform and you just like you know, go to the airport like Imagine, twice a week? <laughs> just walking out with a briefcase. <laughs> what's that called when they do it for the um, for the army? Like stolen valour. Oh, you know, yeah. Valor. Yeah, do that for airplane pilots. <laughs> 
I couldn't. I don't think I'd be able to keep it up. Like the, I'm not that good an actor. I, I'd definitely stumble, or I'd just laugh. I'm like, dear, I'm not a pilot. How and you say, oh, how do you do it? Oh, a lot of it's automated, really. I don't have to do much. It's a pretty simple job. Yeah, I, I don't just, really. I don't really like to talk should, about my work. But you should have seen this barrel roll I did the other day. It was bloody sick. <laughs> I mean, all the all the passengers were shitting their backs. But I've actually just had my license revoked. This is why I'm having a beer in the airport. Yeah, this is why I'm snorting coke off your tits. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe the reason I'm not a pilot anymore because I may have been doing too much of this and getting behind the cockpit, which you, you know they are. They definitely are partying. What, what, that. What's that movie with um, Denzel Washington? Is it? I don't know, man. He's been, Denzel's been a lot. Training day. No, no, not training day. <laughs> Iconic movie. It might be flight or something and it's exactly it that. And he's just like drinking heavily, doing cocaine and then like somehow manages to save this flight in the most cooked situation which no one could do but then has to go to court and they're like, yeah, you might save it but, mate, you can't is, be doing that. It is still wild that we get up in planes like, what the fuck? We're just like a thousand miles in the air. You, you just look at it and you're like, this is like a massive bit of tin. Like how is it in the air? It so, could so easily crash. And I still don't get why you can't, why they don't have Wi-Fi on the planes. No. They do on some. Oh, or, or, but don't get me in a plane. Just there's some been some bad plane trips. There's some planes that you get on, you go like, how's this still in there? You know how they're like, you have to put your phone in airplane mode? Like you've got a plane which has probably cost $50 million to build. And you're telling me if I've got my phone on, it's going to cook the whole system and we're going to crash? Like, you need to get some fucking better engineers. And then we still just happily get on the plane. Yeah. Just knowing that might be an option. Like, yeah, whatever, we'll fucking get on. It's just like you accidentally turn your phone off aeroplane mode and starts crashing and then, yeah. like, your siblings are just getting in or you ruin it. Contro- you killed us. Control the plane. Oh, yeah. Well, well, is that we're good for the podcast? I think we're good for the podcast. Is that all we got? Just a mini, a mini, a mini one this, this week. A little mini one. Because... I mean, we haven't done much. It was literally we've had that big weekend and then we were flat. Yeah. I, I genuinely didn't look at – I haven't seen anything about after the Lions loss. No. I didn't look at social media for days. I, I did one day and it, and it hurt. So I've, I've tried to stay clear. It, and then that's it. And, I, then, um, and then we'll be back better than ever with more stories after where our week of depression, which it just happens. Yeah. It seems to just happen after a grand final loss. But it's cool to be there. It's good. I'm glad I did it. Result wasn't good, but it'll still be a day that I remember forever. All right, well, that's really – well, yeah, but not in a good way. <laughs> like, like 9-11 for like Americans. You know we didn't cover? How was – how did your dad enjoy it? Did he, he went up going, didn't he? Yeah, he was there. Loved it. Loved, loved it? Up in, the, up in the sticks? Loved the footy. He was miserable though. Like after the game, he's just like – just didn't even have a drink. Like went straight home. He's like <laughs> – Wait, all the way back to Alex. Yeah. Mum was in Melbourne. He's like, I just can't do it. Just, <laughs> just. I do love an old man tantrum, like the old man tantrum. Tantrum. What the fuck am I doing with my words? Tantrum. Old man tantrum throw. Like you're definitely going to be doing it with that age. It's very funny to see when you see your first dads. It's so funny, like how Investy gets in football. Like I'll go home and we'll have the lounge room, the TV on, and he'll have to like be on his own outside the kitchen watching the small TV. And, like, it's, like, one or two seconds behind the normal TV and you know what's going to come. And, like, if something bad happens at 50, <laughs> oh, Jesus! 
<laughs> that's I remember that as a kid. Like I wasn't a, like you can't talk to your dad when the footy's on. No. <laughs> like dad, oh this that was a good kick. Nah, he would just ignore you. He would just like text. I'll be in like Melbourne and the game would be on. And he would just like text me like I've thrown all the soft toys in the house at the TV. Alright, <laughs> your dad's got an issue. He needs to see someone about. That. <laughs> he needs therapy. <laughs> there is a point there where I actually I remember in lockdown. Playing FIFA used to get me so frustrated. I broke so many controllers. Yeah. Like girls say I don't show emotion. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Boys at 2 a.m. playing video games. That's when the emotion comes out. You uh, throw it all. Oh, uh, well, I think that's all we got this week. So thanks for listening and we'll see you back in the all studio. Right guys, ciao.